All right, it's great to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen? Amen. Take your Bibles and turn with you to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12 this morning. How awesome it is to be able to worship our God. Because, folks, there may come a day when that's not going to be acceptable in our country. It may come a day where we will be persecuted uh, just for doing that. I was reading a news article not too long ago about a woman in, I believe it was London, England. She got arrested for praying silently to herself outside of an abortion clinic in London. Think about that for just a moment now. Standing on the sidewalk outside of the abortion clinic, praying silently to herself, and she was arrested because she was praying where she was praying. Who would have thought that just you thinking, saying a prayer in your mind to yourself would be against the law? And guess what? That's coming here. We're next. Now, because of what's happened in our country, we have turned away from God. And because of that, what has happened is our country has worship, worshipped other gods. Now, I just finished reading a book this week. I've been looking forward to it. I've, I heard it was coming out, and I love the author. And the name of it was um, The Return of the Gods. Now, I follow uh, Jonathan Kahn, who's the author of it. I like the way he writes. More, more than that, I like the revelations that he gives. The information that he gives is awesome as far as prophecy and uh, relating those things to ancient Israel and modern-day America. And what he said was that as soon as the United States started turning from God back in the 60s, then other gods started taking God's place here. And what we see now is the fruit of what godlessness looks like in a nation. So whenever, whenever you cast God out of the classroom, within one generation what you get is school shootings. When you kick God out of government, what you get is within one generation you get anti-God laws saying that it's okay to kill an unborn child. It's okay for any type of lifestyle that you want to lead, and it's actually now becoming against the law to speak out against ungodly things. So within a generation, within my lifetime, what has happened is our nation has turned against God. Not, not turned away from God, but has turned against God. And our nation now worships other gods. Let me recommend that book to you. Jonathan Kahn, The Return of the Gods. You'll like it. If you don't, I'll give you your money back. Alright? So tonight, uh, this morning here in Matthew chapter 12, we're going to cover this teaching that Jesus gave about vacancies. Vacancies. And let me tell you a story real quick. Several years ago, Bridget and I went to Houston. We, were, we went to Houston to visit my daughter that lives over there, and we just assumed that you could drive over there and find a hotel room in Houston that has hotels everywhere. So we showed up, I believe it was on a Friday night, 
Guess who else was in town? Taylor Swift. Who knew that every hotel in the area between Galveston and Houston would be booked up? And the price that they wanted for a hotel room made me cry. Well, you know, I was sleepy and tired too. That may have had something to do with it. But we finally found one hotel that said, you know what, we had a booking and they haven't showed up yet. They're, they're not really supposed to be here for another hour, but since you're here, we'll go ahead and give it to you. I says, I'll take anything, I'll sleep on the floor. So we took it. But every hotel that we went to said no vacancies. We went in, talked to them, no rooms, nothing. Now let me talk about this vacancy for just a moment. You see, whenever you move something out spiritually, something else moves in. Let me tell you what Jesus said about it in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. He says, No one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. Jesus says there's really only two masters. Either you are serving God or you are serving wickedness, evil, which ultimately means Satan. Now there are no other masters. We may pretend that we are our own master, but that's not true. You're going to serve someone. Now listen to what Paul wrote in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. He says our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is in the spiritual realm. So now, when we're talking about vacancies, we're talking about in your soul. You, you probably heard it. There's a God-sized hole in you that only He can fill. And I agree with that. That's, that's kind of a corny way to say it. But I agree with that. We have a vacancy within us that somebody is going to fill up. And if it's not God, who is it? So Jesus, in chapter 12 of Matthew tells us this. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it also be with this wicked generation. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Almighty God, we bow before you because you are our king, our owner, creator, sustainer, nourisher, the one who loves us. Thank you for all that you do for us. 
Lord, as we have opened up your word, we have praised you through song. We ask that you teach us by your spirit today. Lord, here we are, waiting to hear from you. And for, Father, for those who have that vacancy still left in their heart without you, Father, I pray that you will break their heart, have them to see what you desire for them and what evil desires for them, and help them to choose you. You are the Almighty God, the only Almighty God. Will you meet with us again today? Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Now Jesus is talking here about an unclean spirit. So what we need to do is kind of get the setup for what Jesus is talking about. Yes, He said there's unclean spirit that, that goes out and finds no rest, and when it comes back, it finds everything put in order, and then it goes and finds seven more demons, more strong than itself, and moves back in so that the worst state of the house is worse than when it began. But why did Jesus tell this? We go back in chapter 12 just a little ways, and we look in verse 8. Jesus is speaking to them, and He says, For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. You see, the Pharisees came to Him and says, Look, you're breaking the Sabbath, you and your disciples. And Jesus told them that He was the Lord of the Sabbath, the One who created the Sabbath, so that it was His, He was proclaiming to them that He was God. He is God. And then you go forward into verse 22, Jesus uh, dispossesses a man of a demon. Look at verse 22. Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute, and he healed him so that the blind and mute man both spoke and saw. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, Could this be the Son of David, the Messiah? God. So Jesus first told them that He was God, then He proved to them that He was God with His power over demons. And then someone says, no, you're casting out demons by the power of demons. By Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. And Jesus said, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to destruction. And then He says, you're saying that I cast out demons. In verse 28, He said, but, uh, by demons, He says, but, He says, no one can take over a strong man's house unless they are stronger than the strong man. Now look what he says in verse 28. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. You see, first of all, he told them, I am God. Then he did something God-like, or, or God, uh, only God could do. And then they says, it's not God, it's the devil doing that. And Jesus says, uh-uh, the kingdom of God has come upon you and is right here, right now. And then, he calls them a brood of vipers in verse 34 because they wouldn't listen. And then, in verse 39, or verse 38, they ask him for a sign. What sign would you show us to, to prove that you're God? Now, wait a minute. He had just cast out a demon from a blind and deaf man, or, or uh, yeah, he cast out those things, and the man was able to speak and to hear. All right? So this was a God act. And then they turn right around and say, won't you do something God-like for us? They had, 
what would it take for him to prove to them that he was God? He had just done it, and they wouldn't accept it. And this is what he said. An evil and adulterous generation, verse 39, seeks after a sign. He says, evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. And listen to the conclusion of him talking about the unclean spirit being cast out. So shall it be with this wicked generation. So Jesus all the while was setting this up and then he, he ended the discussion with this. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds a home. Or finds no home. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty. He finds it vacant, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. So Jesus spent some time with them. And finally, as he got to the point to where they were saying, okay, prove to us that you're God. He says, I'm not going to do that because I've already done it. And I don't bow to you. You don't command me in what I'm supposed to do. He says, as a matter of fact, what has happened is Israel started out with God. Then they rebelled against God. And when they cast God out, whenever they removed God from their worship, other gods moved in. Evil, unclean spirits moved in. And then he tells this story, or this, this teaching. He gives this teaching. So let's look at verse 43. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. The teaching. Jesus says, this apparently is a cast out demon or an overpowered demon by whomever it was that the demon was in. Now Jesus had just cast out a demon, so it's very likely that he was talking about one who had been cast out or removed from the home, from the person. So, and he says that demon goes around looking for a place to stay, someone else to embody, someone else to inhabit or indwell and change them. But when he finds none, he comes back home to where he was. And listen to the language here. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. That means, well, first of all, it was empty. Nobody else had moved in. And then, the person who had been removed, the, the demon had been removed from, they had straightened their life out. They had straightened their life up. And everything was looking good, but there was no occupancy in the person. So the demon came back, and the person was doing well enough that the demon wasn't welcome, or wasn't strong enough to overpower the person. You know, the different powers, different levels of power with the evil ones. This one wasn't strong enough to take back over. Probably why he got cast out or removed in the first place if it was the person seeking to clean up his life. So now, 
The Spirit says, I'm not strong enough to take back over. The house is cleaned up. This person is straightened up, removed all the evil things that, that we used to do, and it looks a lot better, uh, does everything a lot better, seeks to be more like God, and I can't come in and change those things. So he says, I've got a plan. Let me go gather together my old buddies. The ones I used to hang around with. The ones who were a lot meaner than me. The ones who were a lot stronger than me. And then we can come back and we can take over. And that's exactly what happens. He goes gathers his gang. They show back up. They take back over. And the worst state, or the, the, the state of that person is worse at the end than it was at the beginning. Which is better, to be, to be uh, indwelt by one evil spirit or eight? More wicked, more evil. The reason, the reason that there was an overpowering force is because there was no occupant strong enough to keep the house. So Jesus said this, it's a good thing to clean up your life. It's great that the evil leaves, but somebody's got to come in who's powerful enough to handle them coming back. Powerful enough to not only straighten up the house, but keep the house protected. So now, we get to the revelation. What Jesus is really talking about. You see, he spent time setting this up and he was concluding his discussion with them with this teaching. And he was describing their spiritual state. He said, God is with you now. I'm here. The kingdom of God has come. And you won't accept it. But somebody's going to dwell in the house. And if it's not God, who is it? So, going back to what Jesus said in Matthew 6, everyone serves someone. Everyone serves someone. Whether you realize it or not, somebody's in control of your life. <laughs> it ain't you. Alright, just so you know, it ain't you. If you could control your life, everything would be gravy, right? You wouldn't be going through the things that you go through because you wouldn't let evil happen. You wouldn't let bad things happen. So what, you're, what, you need to, what we need to realize is that we have absolutely no control over what happens in our life. None. Your life can be taken from you right now. Your breath can be removed because there's someone more powerful than you living in you who owns you, who created you. There is someone that's operating your life. Now, because everyone serves someone, you get to make the choice of whom you serve. Hey, that's amazing. That's awesome. Because you know what? Uh, working in the secular world, there were some people who I chose not to work for. You know why? Well, you know why. You've got bad bosses too. You've worked, 
You know how mean people, uh, how people sometimes you work for somebody who's really good to work for, who will help you, take care of you, give you what you need to do your job and succeed. But then there's some who could care less. They just want to step on you to move up. Now, the bosses that we choose throughout our life help us to know what a good boss is. So let me ask you about the one who runs your life. About the one who indwells your temple, your body. Because we have the choice to be able to choose the good over the bad or the bad over the good. The opportunity is yours. The choice is yours. And so many people say, well, you know what? I'm not ready to choose. You have just made a choice. When you reject God, you accept what else comes in. Now, an empty throne invites invasion. Think about that for a moment. An empty throne invites invasion. I could get political right here because our throne's empty, okay? But I'm not going to do that. Y'all know where that would go, okay? But our country is weaker because we don't have a strong leader. Now, you personally, unless you have a strong leader, someone who is strong enough to keep your person, to keep this house clean and on the right road, then you are at risk for devastation, destruction, evil, wickedness. Rejecting God is the same as accepting wickedness. Not only accepting it, inviting it to come in. The evil spirit was cast out of a person. And it went around and couldn't find another place to stay. When it came back, the person was all cleaned up, dressed up, looked good, smelled good, all of those things, acting good. But then, the evil spirit went and found more, stronger, meaner, more evil, and he moved back in, and the last state of that person was worse than the first. So here's the point of what Jesus was getting to. Since the kingdom of God had come, since the Son of God was standing before them, if they did not accept Him as Lord and Savior, if they did not, did not receive Him as the Messiah, then what they were going to do was invite wickedness to take over, and hit, wickedness was going to rule and reign. Wickedness always ends in destruction. And guess what happened to Jerusalem in 70 A.D.? They were overthrown. Jerusalem was ransacked because they rejected Jesus. So here's where the rubber meets the road this morning. Rejecting God is accepting wickedness. You're here this morning for a lot of different reasons. 
I believe the, the vast majority are here because we love the Lord Jesus Christ and we want to worship and serve Him. We are devoted to Him. It is not only our personal command from Him, but our duty to Him because we love Him. But there are some who are unsure this morning whether they want Jesus to occupy their house. Let me give you two options. Alright? You can stay the way that you are without the Lord Jesus Christ, without a strong owner, occupant of the house, or more evil spirits may move in and cause worse wickedness, worse destruction, worse devastation than you're already experiencing. Jesus said the man, the person who the evil spirit had cast out, didn't have anybody living inside. And the evil spirits came back. And it was a whole lot worse. But what he was speaking, what he was inviting everyone to do, was receive God Almighty, worship and serve Him, and then the strong man of the house could not be overpowered because no one is stronger than Almighty God. And when He protects, He keeps, He stops the enemy from attacking, and it will not get worse for you in evil, in wickedness, in destruction. So He says the choice is simply yours. Listen now. He said... If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. He says, here I am. I'm waiting for your invitation to come and live with you. To protect you. To love you. To cause the betterment in your life. And he says, if you don't, you have the freedom to reject Jesus. And if you do, you are inviting evil to take over. You might not see it that way. You might think, no, I'm strong enough. I can handle all this stuff. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Satan wants you to believe that because he wants you to know or to think that you're under, in control. And all the while, he's got you right where he wants you. And he may very well unleash his evil, his wickedness in your life. So how do you prevent that? You ask God to come in. You give yourself over to Him so that when He moves in, Satan has no more power over you. If you sin after that point, it's because you choose to. It's not because Satan made you do it. But the Scripture says, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, if you confess Him with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. Your sins are forgiven. If you are faithful and just, or if you are faithful to confess your sins, He's faithful for, for, to forgive you of those sins. See, the important thing is here, Him living inside of you protects you from all the evil one throws at you. Not that it'll be a bed of roses, but it won't be like eight demons moving in and making home. 
make it house. This morning, let me ask you about the vacancy that's in you. Even if Jesus owns 95% of the house and there's one room that you've kept open without Jesus, then you've invited evil to live there. So this morning, Christian, non-Christian, listen, if you've got a vacancy, Jesus says evil will fill it if you don't invite me in. So the choice is yours. Do you want unbridled destruction? Nobody wants that. Do you want your life to be a blessing not only to God, but to yourself and to others? Then it's a no-brainer. But don't let Satan convince you that he's a good God because he is not. You make the choice of who's going to fill the vacancy in you today, right now. Let's pray together. Our King, our God, we ask you today to show us the truth about ourselves and we thank you for your word. We thank you for what Jesus spoke and how clearly it, it, it works into our life today. Because without you, Jesus, Satan has his way in us. But with you, you are the strong man who protects the house against evil. So Lord, during our invitation time, I ask that you accomplish your will and your purpose. I pray for those who have not accepted Christ as their king and given their lives to him. I pray for them to come forward and do just that right now. Because there's no hope and no help without Jesus. Lord, would you accomplish your purpose? In Jesus' name, amen.